Show. We are live on Facebook. We got Lao Lao Head in the house. Right off the bat, I got our boy Shane. Uh, but we're talking uh, Terry Agno. Shout out to his wife, Terry. She's in the house, literally. So she's going to keep us up to date because for a year we've been doing this now. Well, Shane, um, you know, he's a hard guy. He's a very hardworking guy. You probably see him on the road. So he's not an easy guy for me to pin down. But um, starting this journey with me uh, a year ago when we started um, doing our uh, webcasts on here, our live streaming. Sorry, I'm checking my audio streams now. Um, when we started doing this, these live streams like a year ago, it was kind of like the pandemic had put us in this weird spot where we wanted to still be productive. And um, for you and for other fans like me as well, we wanted to be able to keep talking about our team and be able to, um, you know, have discussion and dialogue. And we've done some crazy stuff this past year. I mean, just thinking of all the people that we've talked to on the show, but um shane uh welcome and um just talk about life with as la la head um and how you been uh recently uh, life <laughs> as la la head i guess we all been um uh, how they say just uh same old same old just trying to get through everyday life uh, there's been some uh, family health issues that I've been dealing with, which has been stressful in mm -hmm. addition to all our pandemic issues and social justice issues mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, just dealing with life in general. It's, it's, it's not an easy task. Mm -hmm. Some days are definitely better than others, but, um, thanks to you, we always have, uh, <laughs> your enjoyable uh, videos and all your adventures out there that I totally love watching. You've had <laughs> a, quite a few emotional days too with your, mm -hmm. um, your mm -hmm. LAFC opening. I know, yeah. Yeah, I know you, you know, rest in peace to your friend, Mo. Yeah. Mahalo. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very emotional. And your, uh, and your, uh, the sofa I was like oh my god oh yeah like, this guy, rubbing it in. <laughs> I was like oh this guy rubbing it in already so yeah uh, well you oh, know and then even your even your Super Bowl trip yeah you know all these things it's just it's it's very enjoyable man thank you mahalo for all your work and all I know it's not easy to do what you're doing but it's very enjoyable I know that absolutely and I just want to let you know it's very enjoyable to a lot of us sports fans too out there my man. I appreciate so, yeah. that. I appreciate that a lot. I mean I, I like I said when I first started this, it's for us, right? It's for us fans. Like I wanna do something just for us because we would enjoy and thank you. I appreciate that because that's the seal of approval that I want. You know, I don't really <laughs> this is more for the stuff that we do, the kind of questions, the burning questions that I've always wanted to ask and in this past year, obviously having Colt, which has been, you know, a huge interview. And shout out to Colt. He liked our post this morning, so maybe he's watching right now. I, uh, <laughs> Colt Brennan out there. And we, uh, you know, he was an amazing interview. And there are things I've wanted to ask him um, and talk to him about for years. So I hope that other fans realize, like, yeah, this has been amazing from myself as the host. And, and, and the work that I put into it has been strenuous. But... I think the um, the the fruits of the labor have been ripe and um, have definitely changed me as a fan in, in different ways um, and, and stretched me in ways that I think will um, help me in the future. Because I think this pandemic really helped to bring a lot of us even more together. I, I know we are so used to seeing each other in person and that's why it's hard sometimes because, you know, this this program that binds the two of us together of course we're two local boys from hawaii but we probably i don't know maybe we would have ran into each other it's funny because our common friend your your classmate Lori lay i stayed with her in tampa um actually and she's like isn't it weird that you met me before shane the loud she's like everybody knows him though i was like i know it is weird how i met you in florida and it's funny because now that she's been one of those uh football people literally of all things I went to watch Florida, right? 
Hawaii play in the swamp uh, in Gainesville against Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer. Um, shockingly, I don't want to spoil it for you if you look up the score, but we lost to Florida. I know. Um, <laughs> um, no, but you know, in the in the being in that stadium and being with people that don't go to games at home, maybe or don't go to West Coast games. That is our connection is maybe when on the East Coast. But anyways, Lori Lay, who I met in Florida, I met her at a bar. She was with her husband. I was with my friends, and um, we got to hang out before the game. And I've been friends with her ever since. That was 2008, and I stayed with her in Tampa where she lives while I was at the Super Bowl. So um, you just never know. And she was classmates, Kalani Falcons, representing in the house. Yeah. So um, she, um, she was very proud of being Shane's classmate, and she was like, but it's so weird that you would know me before Shane, of all people. I was like, I know. I was like, believe me, it took me a while, but I think I finally got to talk to you was in 2012 at the USC game. USC, um, yeah. And that is a good segue into talking about this year, Hawaii plays UCLA. Of course, Hawaii sports fans will be there again. Um, I just put up a, a, a half tour, of course, in California, and just the theme has been the pandemic and getting into games vaccination cards i talked about this last week could there be a sports vaccine um or a sports passport maybe a covid covid passport for sports and yes the answer is yes we've already seen the bills do that and right now if you want to go to a laker game or a clipper game or warriors game a lot of events in california are requiring you to have vaccination or take the test the fact is the only way that they can sell all of their seats in the stadiums or in the arenas is to show proof of vaccination. Really, that's the only way they're going to be able to. And that means maximizing revenue, right? That's just not crowding people into space and having all this noise, which is obviously what every home team wants is that advantage. But more importantly, the owners, the ADs, um, the university presidents, they want to make their money. So... Uh, that's just one thing I'm just saying. Vaccine, you, if you're on the fence about it, it looks like that's the way it's trending and it's getting faster every day. And if the Buffalo Bills are already saying this in Western New York, that they're going to um, require their people um, to have a vaccination. You're probably going to see on the West Coast if you're seeing it in West. Because if you're not familiar, Western New York isn't usually the most progressive place. But I think they did a took a very great stand and very noble. And I wish other teams did that. I'm so glad the Bills did that. But it's been a week and we've had quiet. So... I do have the UCLA tour up. We have hotel, ground transportation, and everything but the tickets. So go and look at that right now or just pay attention to us, me and Shane, for a little while. But go go, go check out the website if you're waiting. I know a lot of you put down deposits. But I have to drop that because I'm excited. And I know Shane, um, you know, he has some Southern Cal roots as well. Uh, but as you think about this upcoming season, and let's talk about this UCLA game and the trip itself, and what are you most excited about um, overall? Overall, well, yeah, like like you um, like you said, I was fortunate to go to um, the Rose Bowl back in what was that, two thousand eighteen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, such a classic venue. Oh, seventeen, seventeen. I just, I anytime I go to a road game, I always get um, you know chicken skin because. I'm just so used to going to a law stadium, mm-hmm. and, and I, I just gotta add this in it. Although a law stadium takes its cracks about oh such a junk stadium this and that, but people don't realize a law stadium is actually a good stadium. Yeah, it's just it the, it's just it the is. way that the the school or the program tries to market the games. Yeah, the actual experience itself is needs needs improvement but as far as the stadium itself it's such a it's an awesome venue it's mm-hmm. it's big it's spacious and like even the rose bowl it's big but when you walk on the concourse and stuff it's not that big it's not like big like you know a law stadium mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah the ucla game it was hot just like the usc <laughs> game exactly yeah and um, like I keep, I always talk to you about that eight clap cheer because yeah. we we're surrounded by um, the UCLA band, and yeah. I kept doing this super irritating cheer. And well, we all heard it during I, the Final Four because UCLA was in it, so you yeah, always yeah, heard yeah, it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, it brought back some and painful memories from that day for sure. The score wasn't exactly in our favor. Yeah, 
yeah. And and as far as the fans, they weren't like super rowdy. Like I know there was a kind of a a poll or not a poll, but there was a ranking by some website, and it ranked the top ten craziest college football atmospheres and the bottom mm-hmm. ten college football atmospheres as far as fan wise. And UCLA was on the bottom ten. And when I thought about it, it was like, yeah, the fans weren't like super, you know, like, yeah. It's hard because but, it's so spaced out, though, too, right? The Rose Bowl is yeah, huge. Yeah, like, yeah. nobody plays yeah. in that venue. I mean, well, I guess in Michigan or something, they play in. But the Rose Bowl is giants, like 110,000 people or something. So, yeah. I mean, UCLA, most schools could not fill that. But UCLA definitely just put the dent in it. And then they put up fencing and sometimes to keep people away from certain sections. But. I think, um, yeah, we were kind of far away, but I don't know. I mean, you were also rocking. You like to wear the team's colors, right? And tell people about this, but you wear the UH logo, but you wear the other team's colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's my my main goal. I'm a a hat guy. I collect hats. Shout out to Finnit Hawaii, eat a weed all day. But, um, yeah, my goal is to always get a UH hat in the opponent's team's colors. So <laughs> that. that way, before the game, before Lao Lao Head actually comes out of his cave, mm. <laughs> I always rock my UH hat in opposing team's colors mm-hmm. just to, I don't know, I, I just like to irritate them or, you know, cause, you know, irk them a little bit <laughs> because... You know, like like how I said, I've been to eh, six, seven road games now, and they've mm-hmm. all been losses, and not just well. Granted, the uh, so we need to break that. Game. That's one streak we definitely need to break oh, for sure. What I told my wife, like that day where I'm at a road game when we win, I'm gonna irritate a lot <laughs> of the home, home fans. So uh, mm. I'm just letting you know beforehand. But, um, yeah, the only, the only close game I've been to was the Huskies game in 2011 when we lost by eight. Mm. But other than that, every game it's been, like, not even close, and it's just so frustrating, man. Yeah, you went to both Huskies games, yeah. So, yeah, yeah so games. we need – like I know we've mentioned it multiple times, but we need that one big win. You know, we need to beat a UCLA. We need to beat a UC, USC, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Arizona, yeah. Arizona. We need a big gold win. And it's just so hard not getting it. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, as a UH fan, passionate, we always try to be positive. Yeah? We always try to think the best, but there's times where it's like, oh, so frustrating like when are we gonna get over that hump honestly (laughs) well this ucla this ucla game obviously to play a big a pac-12 opponent regardless of what their record is regardless of you know who it is beating a team a pac-12 team on the road would be impressive um but of course but you know this 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 trip also provides like we said, for us fans, that experience of being in the Rose Bowl, which is really cool. It's a venue that has been around, has so much history. Obviously, the Rose Bowl game is, is played there. But, um, you know, it's one of those venues that has, like, the ivy on the walls. And it's very uh, quintessential vintage L.A. architecture that um, definitely takes you on a little time warp. So I think that's that's kind of that mystique of playing in that building is cool for UCLA because... They play all their home games there. Nobody else plays very. I mean, I've heard also that there are only like sixteen events a year in the Rose Bowl, just because like there's just not much stuff there, right? They don't want to like have too much stuff going on on the, you know, on the field or whatever, because just to maintain a place like that. Um, but like you said, it was hot. The concourses are kind of <laughs> like there, kind of like yeah, the Coliseum, yeah. so you you kind of get hot. Um, <clears throat> but the tailgating was pretty cool, and uh, last time. Well, I was in the I was in the parking lot, so I know UH will always have um, you know like a little UH sponsored event, and sometimes the Hawaii sports fans will do that a lot. I've even hosted the event before, or had to MC the event when we were at Army um, in West Point. But um, 
you know, like that, that, that is something that is really important. I know that tailgate experience, especially for you, as you're a guy that loves to tailgate and tailgate at the home games and uh, Aloha Stadium is, is a place that uh, anybody can find La Lao Head before, right on the, uh, in front of the, the ticket office on that path oh, leading yeah, up. Is that what you told ESPN. By ESPN. Just listen yeah. for the faint Backstreet Boys yeah. uh, music <laughs> going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Backstreet Boys thing is that I, I mean, I'm, I was a Backstreet Boys fan. I'm a little bit younger than you, but, um, uh-huh. you know, I was like caught up in the craze because I was like high school already, like, or, um, but uh, I think it is great that you do um, do a little back, Backstreet Boys karaoke. <laughs> And um, we'll have to like jump in on that someday. Are you still into boy bands? Do you are you how are you a fan of any t- boy bands today? Is is my question. Uh, nah, I'll never turn my back against Backstreet. Or Backstreet for life. <laughs> so not not in sync at all though. You're not in sync. Uh, yeah, I know. There's people that'll always say no way. In sync is way better. I give them. I give them this. This I promise you is probably the greatest, one of the greatest slow jams of all time. But overall, Backstreet Boys cannot beat I well, Boys. so I Backstreet Boys. I went to the concert at, at the Blaisdell one night, and it was amazing. It was one of the best concerts I've been to, and and that was them. You know what? Two years ago, twenty nineteen, right? They came to uh, Blaisdell. So I saw them one weekend at home, and that was awesome. Like the day after a game, I guess it was like on a Sunday concert, and they like blew me away. They were so good, and everybody was like singing the call. And um, I remember because like I, I yeah I used to, I have I yeah I liked all their albums. So I'm I'm definitely in the Backstreet Boys from the very first album. Um, but but that being said, I do like BTS now actually too. I think I do like some BTS songs, but. You know, like the but the Backstreet Boys craze, like that was an interesting time, and in American pop culture, wherein like oh, the ninety-eight degrees thing and how that there was so much crossover with sports there even too. But um, no, that was just a side because when you, every time you bring up Shane or La La Head, the people that know you well will bring up the the Backstreet Boys thing, right? Because they're like, oh yeah, I just go sing Backstreet Boys with him before, so. Um, you are. That's not gonna start start at all. But um, no, like Shane. Uh, uh for 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 one thing, are people are gonna be are are people gonna see you at UCLA? Are we gonna see you there in California in August? Uh, probably not, because I I try to just make it to. Usually, I can only make it to one road game a year, but okay. I'm really trying to get to that. Vegas game. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. So that'll be an important game to go to as well. Yeah. But um well with that being said, um your tailgates, um my front row, um, these are all things that we have come to um you know, expect at UH football because just like I sit with my, my people in the first row. Yeah. In the B section, and Shane does his thing with his peeps and tailgates. It's pretty legendary because we see these things every game, every year, every season. But all of those things could change next year. So first off the bat, um, we've talked about the stadium before on the show, and I've talked in private with you. And I mean, I bring up all the time that I did say that it was going to be at Shane Field because we no more money anyways like the maui thing was never gonna happen sorry maui like i don't want to be rude but like that was never on the table because we no more money but um no i'm sure they was considered but i I, ultimately we're gonna be on this on campus um right now uh is in the midst of a fundraising campaign to try and get people to donate so i mean for me, I'm. I don't even. I. I want to know what it looks like first of all. What. What. What the vision is, because. You know, you're asking for. I think the number has gone up. Right, it went from like five million. Now it's eight point three or something too. Which, you know, I don't blame them because they were just making. I don't. Whatever, three million dollars off. Whatever, but. What do you? What are you? What are you excited about? What are you skeptical about? Um, what are you going to be sad about? I don't know. I don't know where to start with this because 
going into Ching Field means leaving Aloha Stadium, and it also means, you know, starting a new era. And I, I don't know how prepared we are, even as a fan base or as a, as a program. I mean, as a fan base, I'm kind of secure as where we are because we, I think we have a strong fan base. But I don't know if this program cultivates their fans like they, like a, a, a team should, like a Division One program should. And I also don't think that. Um, you know, we don't know that we don't know what could possibly happen with the stadium on campus, like the good or the bad, because there is a lot of I, 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 I tend to be optimistic. And I think there's so much that could be um, done in terms of experience, because that's the thing you brought up too, right, was like Aloha Stadium, the facility wasn't all that bad. It's actually a really great facility. It's actually a place that people would bucket list to to people that watch the Pro Bowl, people that watch Hawaii games and say like, oh, one day I'm going to Hawaii and I want to go to a game at Aloha Stadium. And I think that's worth going to in your life. And I think that Aloha Stadium is one of those venues that um, captures so much of that spoke, that sports, like folklore of, you know, big games and huge crowds and major moments. But now it's all gone and... I don't know. I some a part of me even thinks we we might go back. Uh, honestly, a part of me still feels like we, just because we're so close to the season yeah. right now. Um, but I guess where do you start, Shane? Where do you start in all this madness? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like how you mentioned how you know Lost Stadium, like you know back in our heyday, that undefeated season. Because I sit all the way up in the red, so I rarely walk all the way back down but um, my wife she wanted to go get something to eat so I walked back down with her during a game in 2007 and the amount of different food stuff and all the things going on I was like wow this is so awesome it was, it was so good mm -hmm. and then you fast forward back to like you know 2019 where it's all just, you know, nothing. Yeah. It's all just beer, burgers, like that. So you could tell it was slowly you know, going away. Yeah. And now when we talk about the uh, playing at Ching Field, I have high hopes. There's so much. There's so much potential there as far as getting, you know, students to go to games. It's in town. It's on campus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing that worries about me, and I know everybody talks about it, is this is Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, they make so many poor judgment. You know, and we all take the rail, for example. The thing is, like, is the rail ever even going to be finished? So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't even know if it's going to be done on time as far as retrofitting field. Because I don't know if anybody can fill me in, but has anybody even seen beginning of construction in yeah, that area? I, I mean, I, I don't even know what stage they're at because, like, are there renderings? Are there? Because to be quite honest, if you're saying ten thousand is the, you can just push ten thousand seats. You can just push bleachers in. I mean, I. I, I Look, I, I'm I'm assuming we have enough bleachers in uh, in Hawaii, or we can bring them from the mainland, like the temporary kind, and just say, "Okay, call it a day." And then that's like wait, that's like several thousand dollars maybe, but at eight point something million, that's money you're gonna have to recoup, and at ten thousand, that number is not very high anymore. I mean, because. Which I'm happy, and I'm gonna assume I'm gonna assume that the, the students are gonna come back for one thing, and if the students do come back, which is great, it'll add to the, the vibrance of the college atmosphere and the game. But if say four thousand students come, which is would be a solid number of students, and which is possible, I mean, how many live on campus? Ten thousand, yeah. whatever. Um, so four thousand came. That number goes on to six thousand tickets. 6, uh, yeah, so exactly like like people are asking me about because they know I've been a season ticket holder for years now. Mm -hmm. So they're asking me, Oh, are you going to the games? Like, I don't even know nobody has reached out. I don't yeah. even know how they're gonna yeah. give us tickets. Mm -hmm. Like I have no idea. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. like ah, and then I know parking's gonna be a huge issue. Like the school keeps saying, Oh, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay, but 
even listening to Bobby Curran a couple of days ago, even he said, oh, he thinks parking is going to be a nightmare. You know, I, I think parking is going to be um, crazy as it's, uh, you know, like for when UH men's volleyball sold out their last game. Wahine volleyball sold their last game. Well, whatever, I, I went to whatever the last sellouts were. I think men's volleyball, maybe, yeah, and and like, yeah, you're. It's hard. It, I mean, even if you're selling out to Stan Sheriff, it's it's rough. Um, but I mean, I think you could do auxiliary parking at Midpack or something, mm -hmm. or at yeah. University High or something, and they could benefit from that. And that's the thing. It's like at Wisconsin and Madison. I I always use Madison as an example, but really most <laughs> college towns. Even though, I, I mean, Madison was cool. It wasn't like it was amazing in Madison, Wisconsin. Like, oh, like, people there really really think their fandom is, like, through the roof. But, I mean, it's a cool place. I, I get it. But I, the thing I love about the places like Madison is, even, that's the capital of Wisconsin, but it's still really a college town. It's still really, everything kind of leads up to the school. And the, the, everybody, you know, in the houses around, on game days, you know it's game day. Like, you're not, like, honking your horn at, like, the band coming on the street. Like, what are you doing? Like... You know that you live in a college town, and sorry, you live in Manoa, which is a great, beautiful town to live in, which my <laughs> uncle does. You live in a college town, still, nonetheless. Like University of Hawaii is like, you know, the the centerpiece, and and this is not, I mean, Manoa has has very rich history that goes beyond UH for sure. But I'm saying like, um, you know, if an event happens at UH, obviously, like the Punahou Carnival happens, which is in Manoa, basically. Punahou is basically Manoa, I guess or whatever it's considered. I mean, you're always going to have Punahou Carnival traffic, and that's really crazy. But, I mean, if you have to deal something with like that for seven times a year, I'm not, you know, I don't think it's a huge issue as well. Um, let's, let's go to some. Oh, Sean said, we're all sitting together, Hawaii sports fan section. So that would be great. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. for that. Um, Sean said, I thought they were building permanent seating. And that's why I'm thinking, yeah, at 8 point something million, that's permanent. That's like, gonna be there forever but yeah it's really close because it's april 21st and the first game is september 3rd so that's literally five months you know four and a half months four and a half months not even five months uh <laughs> uh that's like not a lot of time how how many how many structures are erected in four and a half months in hawaii in in, in a few months like not very many so uh I don't know, but Shane, do you what? What would you imagine it would look like if you were to see a permanent structure at? If you had to visualize it yourself, what do you think it would look like? I just think it would just be an extension because you can't really do much with that because on that uh, one side there's the concrete, you know, the concrete bleacher seating or yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess you could put. Uh, an extension of bleachers on that side, and then the and oh man, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know how how it's gonna look, or but like you like you said, I wish they would have at least some kind of conceptual design yeah. so that we can get an idea yeah. of what to expect. Or like you said, I don't wanna donate plenty money to help yeah. your cause. I mean, it's like what kind of ugly yeah. thing is this? Yeah. And I think, and I also think the campaign for for it, it's desperate. It's always desperate to just ask people for money. And it's and, and I just think during a pandemic too, especially given like everyone's situation, and given the fact they've already took our season ticket holder money, so how many people are going to be able to even use those tickets, even though they've held on to our money from the previous year? I have two seats of my own. I mean, my whole group was nine, eight of us, I guess. Um, but you know, like the the ticket prices are probably going to change, and the ticket levels yes. are going to change. That's a lot of conceptually. That's a lot of work that needs to be done, especially if you don't know what it looks like, because then you have to make. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what kind of worries me. But you know, that's one part that worries me. The second part that worries me is the fact that. Um, well, today it was announced that the uh, uh, stadium, the new stadium, the new Aloha Stadium, was uh, moving on to its next stages, which is, I guess, a good sign. Even though it looks like 
like Governor Ige isn't like excited to cut checks to anyone right now for this <laughs> new um, stadium. But if it's being built, which is good, it still needs to be built. And like you said, in Hawaii, we don't know whether things are going to even be done. So yeah. if we stay in that 10,000, because for me, when people said two things that people, arguments that people would make, that I had arguments against, and now we have to revisit those. The first one being, is thirty thousand is is thirty five thousand enough? And first I was like, I think that might be enough. And then now it's like the number keeps dropping, you know. So for the new the new facility, it's like, um, okay, is ten thousand gonna be enough? And and you know to to keep the division one requirement of attendance fifteen thousand per year for FBS or whatever. So I, I guess FCS must have a different number. But eventually they're going to be like, okay, are you really going to get this built? Are you really going to... And I can see like in five, six years, we're in the big sky and we're not in the Mountain West anymore. We're playing like Weber State and Eastern Washington and that red field. We go from the green field, the blue field to the red field in Spokane. But I'm just saying like, there's a lot of ramifications on the future of this program. Is there anything that you fear as well that could change the culture of the program? Because I know tailgating is a huge thing for you. So, for instance, where do you plan on tailgating and where where, where do you plan on... I mean, because you can't tailgate in the parking structure. That's not allowed, at least right now. They might change the rule, but if you were... If Shane was to go to a game right now and he had to tailgate, um, I guess where where would you think of a place to tailgate? Right I don't know, man. And, yeah, like, to me, tailgating is such a big part of the college football experience or just for sport football in general. It's mm. it's not just the game itself. It's an all-day affair. That's why I tell people it's it's so fun because yeah. it's just you meet people, you have fun during the uh, before the game, you go to the game, and after you still hang out, talk stories. So to me, for me, tailgating is a huge part of the experience and mm -hmm. I know like they're talking about uh, how we're talking about college sports towns and they were talking about Alabama the other day and how people will just park two miles away from the game and, and just walk two mm -hmm. miles to go mm -hmm. to the game yeah so thinking oh would you do that here I'd be like oh hell yeah I would if I if I could well it's also different like that's the thing is like in, in Manoa though because that's a good point, but so I was thinking like, you know, my friend's shop on like Young Street in McCulley or something like, I'm thinking like, you know, it's like, we're not, we're kind of in a weird section, like in, in Alabama, where I went to go watch UH play Alabama when Colt Brennan was our, you know, played our quarterback and we played them in 2006, I was there and I parked at some Chinese grad students apartment and they like charged me $10 and gave me water. It was hilarious, but I had to walk kind of far too. But that was expected. Like they're not expecting to like at those schools to have parking for everybody. Like parking, and, and honestly, that's one thing too. For the rest of our lives, parking will never be something that because they can't maximize profit right off of the parking. They yeah. can't maximize that. But um, you know, uh, SoFi had some park. You know, like you talked about earlier, I went to SoFi Stadium and. I got to sit in those seats that we're going to have with Hawaii sports fans at the Rams games, right on the visiting team tunnel. So if you are a visiting team fan, like Shane, a fan of the Seahawks, who are going to play in SoFi every year, forever and ever, um, check us out because uh, we're going to have those seats available pretty soon. They're in the club. You have access to a 365 exclusive club. You get your own entrance. Um, you have padded how seats. seats. Do you, how much seats do you have in that? So those are four. Four right next to... Like, we're going to be sitting all over the place, and we're going to be probably spacing out uh, unless we'll see how it happens. But those are our main seats. So those are going to be to, like, people who want to buy or on a tour. We're going to have – we're going to kind of, like, upgrade that that those areas if you want to buy those seats or if you're a part of the group. So um, – and then, you know, I'll try and work to get those seats for uh, – or similar seats for everybody else, but – um, that's just like an experience that I want people to have at the new stadium is more than because out of the 75,000 seats in the stadium, which is a big and beautiful stadium, but at the super, super top, like, I don't even know what kind of experience that is. That's even above the Oculus. Like 
you're above the big screen when you're up there. Like you're looking <laughs> down at the big screen. Uh, so that seems kind of high, but it's still going to be great seats. I mean, it's an amazing stadium. SoFi is beautiful. Um, but that was the first time you got to go in, yeah? Literally the first time I got to go into SoFi Stadium was on Saturday. Yeah. So I, you, were, you, were you like... Yeah, I was blown away by satisfied? it. satisfied? I was satisfied, but it cost a lot. So I, I was of the point <laughs> where I was like, this is beautiful, but it better be. I was like, yeah, I like yeah, this, yeah, but yeah, it better be. But, you know, it is. It is. It is the best thing. I mean, it's amazing. NFL headquarters are going to move there. They're starting to build some of the stuff around. So when we think about the UH new stadium situation, it's going to be in the vein of SoFi, right? They want to do a private partnership, private-public partnership, P3, and build mixed-use facilities that can have, you know, whatever, office space, residential, commercial. So that's what they want to do by uh as well because the, all those people they can leverage the debt i guess amongst all of these private companies which you know this the uh, our government doesn't want to keep having to pay for projects on their own and especially ones that are always over budgeted um so sofi as expensive as it is and as much as you know a lot of the season holders have to pay seat licenses to you know provide them even more capital to continue construction they still have these mixed-use facilities so the nfl is is moving into one of these buildings commercial spaces right outside of sofi and that's kind of going to be the centerpiece of the nfl is is kind of be sofi as well inglewood inglewood california so if you've uh you know been to inglewood before I'm not going to put down Inglewood because a lot of places that hold, that have beautiful stadiums, the surrounding area might not keep up with the level of the aesthetic and, you know, the beauty of splendor of that expensive building. But Inglewood is, has a lot of history there. I mean, the Forum is there, which is a, one of my favorite venues in the world. And the Clippers are going to build a new Forum, there, a new building of their own there as well. Um, so that's, that area is starting to come up, up and coming. So, you know, our government's trying to hope, hoping this, that Aloha Stadium project will be similar, right? That it'll attract more people to the area and it'll bring a bunch of different stuff. We need like clearly, cause, um, whenever Shane posts from Asato family, he's in a, like a three block line that wraps around like Nuwanu all the way to like fourth street, basically. So, um, clearly that would be a great tenant, I think. Hint, hint. I'm a wild local and the good local places, we just need more of them. And I think this is a good opportunity. Like, we talked about this, especially in a new stadium. Especially in UH. You can bring in anybody. Like, bring in the good stuff that we all want to go to, that we will waste time with. Or the stuff on Instagram that's cool. Like, work with those people. So, I hope that happens. Um... So Candy, yeah. Candy was saying for the Sugar Bowl, she walked from the convention center to Mercedes-Benz and a lot of Hawaii fans. So, yeah, we walked far for that one, too, Sugar Bowl. <laughs> in the freezing. In the freezing. Yeah, it was freezing cold. in New Orleans. Oh, it was freaking cold. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Hawaii people, you know how we deal with the cold. So we're all complaining about the cold <laughs> as we're walking in the cold after we got slaughtered by Georgia yeah, on national TV. And what seemed like the longest game ever, it was so sad. Like Sean said, it was a long and sad walk back to the hotel. It was very long, very sad. <laughs> I remember my aunt bought us like the married hotel, like $25, like buffets. It was like 1 a.m. We're just like sadly eating our scrambled eggs and bacon. <laughs> I remember with my cousins. And I had paint on my face and it was like small kind coming off. And I was like, this is a very sad moment. Like everything oh, was so amazing leading up to this game, I walking know. around bourbon street and like you know new Orleans is one of my favorite cities i just love that place there's so much culture and um history there as well uh, obviously it has its its darker parts but you know every everywhere has that and in hawaii we're so bad we're, we're lucky in hawaii we don't really have a lot of that i mean in hawaii we are pretty safe um, i hate to say it, but oahu might be changing a lot and too rapidly and a lot of it is because we're growing and you know we're we're not you know, uh, doing it in a way that's communal. And I think sports is communal. Sports and, and a lot of stadium can bring in revenue and benefit everybody, right? It can it can bring people like you when you were a kid to the stadium. And, you know, talk about that. Like, I talk about my grandma all the time. And you have a similar story about how your grandma brought you to games as well, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it's not even my, well, 
it's not even my like blood grandma. It was mm-hmm. after my, from my dad's uh, remarried. Mm-hmm. So it's my my dad's second wife's mom. So she's like my step grandma. Okay, she's your grandma. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she's my grandma. And growing up, you know, we're, she's my best friend. I mean, she took me to the UH games, and that's basically a long story short. That's how I became such a big fan. I mean, it was just me and my grandma catching the express bus from Kahala Mall to the stadium. She really taught cool. Me, yeah, taught me the. You know, the only junk thing about the express bus is we would always have to leave before the game was done. Yeah, what? You gotta walk back. That's so junk. Get your seat. Yeah, so a lot of times the game would still be in doubt. It's like, oh, we gotta walk back to the bus. Like, oh, oh, everybody knows that everybody is there for the game. So why wouldn't the bus just leave? I know. It's like, and, and, and they wouldn't. That's like, so Hawaii. That's so bus, Hawaii. Yeah, they would just leave. It's like so. That's why we have to make sure we're there before the bus left. Like, ah, these guys. That is so but, Hawaii. Yeah, just, just that, and yeah, pretty much that. And uh, she always took me to it was just football and basketball. Nice. So yeah. This, but I mean, it's that generational growth in this program as fans. That's what is our strength for one thing too as fans because like if people know I didn't go to UH. You shouldn't go to UH. A lot of, you know, our biggest super fans didn't go to UH or um but a lot of us mostly just grew up on, on, on the island or in the state. And um and I wanna shout out the neighbor islands because they have we have so many great fans out there as well. But you know, we all still feel that same connection to the school, even if we don't have a diploma from the school, even if we have a degree. And that's what's really important, I think, is that connection that we feel. And, you know, that's, you know, back to the, the stadium discussion. Again, uh, with it being on campus, and I'm hoping the students come because we need the students there. But at 10,000, <clears> we're going to be obviously bringing down, if we have 4,000 kids, maybe it won't be 4,000. Maybe they'll let 1,000 in. Say they let 1,000 kids in, which is still a lot. I doubt it'll be only that many. I think it'll be more than that, but... Say a thousand, like nine thousand isn't a lot of people, and the people that you eliminate. Okay, and let's okay. I want to bring this up too because like you brought up the LAFC, and I talk about LAFC every show. Obviously, I love LAFC <laughs> so much. Um, and we had our first game, our season opener, and my friend passed away, and it was nice on the Fox Sports World in the stadium. They all did on the Fox Sports broadcast. They all did showed that video dedication to my friend as well, Mauricio. He was that much of a legend to our program, but only a quarter of the stadium people could get in, right? And we're all season ticket holders, basically. Our, our first game was in 2018. I've been a ticket holder since 2016. A lot of us put down money before. I didn't even know anything. I'm just a Facebook ad away. That's all I was, was put down 50 bucks. I had no friends. I just put down $50 and hoping to have one friend. And if you saw especially the LAFC show I did dedicated to my friend who passed away of COVID. Um, I have like a thousand friends. Like I almost have too many friends now from LAFC. No. Um, but it's like, that's how amazing that fan experience is for me. And, um, but there are some people that were pretty habut, right? Like they got the notice that they were not selected and people with longer tenure than me. Cause I put down my payment in like late 2016. Um, that's pretty early considering the first season was in 2018 it was only like the crazies who were pretty dedicated that put money down before. And I still wasn't in the top. So I was like, jang. But, you know, it is what it is. But now is it for lottery? lottery? It's lottery, I guess. Time? It's lottery, oh. but going by tenure. Supposed to go by tenure, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. I guess some people later. But the people that don't get it or are going to be, you know, upset by it, they're the ones that will be any, can get offended by anything as well. Um, and we'll not, we'll stop going to games, you know, or not, you know, it's just another excuse to not go because a lot of people and not for LAFC and as much because LAFC is such a great experience that they provide for fans that, yeah, that you know, thing, people want to go. Dr- that drum thing. Yeah. Is that something they, that was cool. That's yeah. something they always do. That drum dance thing. Or was that? Yeah, we do that every game. We all have to know the cheers too. We have like dozens oh. and dozens of cheers. Like. 
and we sing the whole game. We don't stop. Like we don't sit down. They, <laughs> our seats are our seats are pulled up. Our seats are are bolted up, so we cannot bring the seats down. Actually, so it's, you, you have stand to stand. Up. You have to stand the whole game. You have no choice. Yeah, you have no choice. <laughs> and actually, they made us sign a contract when I bought my season tickets that I would I would abide by all the rules, which means standing. But some, not everybody cheers. But us, the most the real hardcore ones, we cheer, right? And we, um, you know, that's why I love my group so much too. Because not only are we engaged in the game, but we have to rehearse things. We have to like be in sync. We, ha I mean, we went to Mexico. They wouldn't let us bring our drums in there, which was crazy. So people had to use cups, and we were still doing our chants. But we do chants in Spanish. We do chants in English. We have Korean chants even, because um, we have a Korean group and we have Korean players too. I'm a Korean player now, or a single Korean player, but um. You know, like, we have players from all over the world. But, back to my original point, those people who didn't get picked for the game are still mad about it on Facebook. Of course, I was upset about it the first game. I still went. I still got in because there was no way I'm missing that game. And shout out to Miguel and Gordo over here who I got to sit next to that whole game and who yells. He's, he, a lot of guys stand on the, on the, the metal part to the bar. Like, we're already standing. And in theory, when you think about it, every level, someone is on the same level of someone standing on... So if you're standing on something, you're on the same level of somebody who is literally just not standing. Like, that's why I don't understand. Like, the whole point is... The whole point is that it's called safe standing, but it's totally unsafe. But I love everybody on there, but it's just hilarious. Because then, when people block my view, I'm very upset. Because I, I have to watch the whole game, too. I don't... I'm not just chanting, like I, I'm watching the game, like I'm like getting upset, but we can't, but the good thing about us cheering too is like if somebody scores a goal, we keep cheering like for the other team, we don't stop, like we get deflated maybe, but we keep going, like the drums don't stop, like everything keeps going, we're the best though, I mean we are the best in the, in the world, probably no, maybe not in the world, but in the MLS for sure, we are the best, so, um, and that is, you know, crazy that people come together um who really didn't know each other that that much and that's why a lot of people in the first season were like oh are you guys getting paid to go to the games like people were like commenting on my post like twitter like oh how much are they paying you like because it is crazy a lot of us are crazy but it's fun like it, we just like going to uh road games for me it was like oh i have a whole nother team to go to a road game for um but simple things can offend people like not getting into games was i upset of course i was but i found a way in anyways but there are people that are like Oh, I never get picked. You know, like, they're like, no. Like, I'm never going back to a game ever again. Like, some people are like that and ridiculous. But if if UH tells 10,000 people, who knows, you know, five thousand, at least 5,000 people with the current numbers, oh, sorry, you can't fit into the new stadium. Oh, bro, I'm going to be pissed. Yes, exactly. Can you imagine that happening? No, because... Oh. People would be pissed. People would say like, okay, I guess that means I'm never going back to a game because you don't want my season ticket money? Then no need go, I guess, yeah? And that will definitely happen. And when that does happen, the few people who are left behind are the season ticket holders because even the people that are picked, just because if they're picked on tenure, which is scary as well because if you look at some of the tenure of the people in our stadium... We definitely ain't going to get picked because some of those, you know, people have been like when my grandparents originally got their tickets. So can you imagine the stadium just full of uh, quote unquote Simon slippers? And I use that in a very, I use that <laughs> yeah, not yeah, in a pejorative yeah. sense, but because it has been used because um, I just, I, well, it would just say people who are quiet during the games are not even paying attention, but that the stadium ha is at risk of that as well, being filled with people who are not adding to the atmosphere, but but by virtue of the fact that they've had season tickets for so long, they um, get to be in the stadium. <clears throat> so, I don't know. Is that something you've... Sorry, I think about all these things, but I'm like, I think it could, like, long-term ramifications on the team have, um, you know, yeah, effect. That's going to be bad. Like you said, that's going to turn away a lot of fans, man. They're already losing, you know dedicated fans already the fan base is already dwindling and if you tell other about us still guys that are still hanging on oh sorry you didn't make the cut to come into the games this year yeah. like yeah. what yeah. 
So, no, uh, I know that that email. I saw. Okay, so tonight, so this is still being discussed. But I got the I got the email that I was getting in, and then I got an email that I was not getting in. So, I think the reason is because through my group, what we're trying to do for the people that sit in the north end or our section, our standing room section. Obviously, the rest of the stadium has seats. Like, not everybody's doing that. Just our section. I mean, our section is. You have to get a ticket to be in our section. We have our own bar. Like, we have our own area and stuff and stuff, too. Like, it's just for us. And we have a, a our own concourse where you can stand and drink your beer and put it on a bar as well and stand up on the bar. Um, of course, you should be cheering the whole game because if you're in the North End, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you should be cheering the whole game because that's the whole point. And who doesn't want to cheer? And when you're there, it's only it, – it's 90 minutes sounds long, but it's really – like it's in soccer, it's like – an actual 90 minutes plus stoppage time. So, so you know, so you know exactly how the game is going on. Since we're on this topic of soccer, I don't know, because I'm not a big soccer fan, mm-hmm. but I know in the news recently they were talking about Chelsea leaving the Super Group oh, or something. Me. Does that have an effect on this LAFC? Well, so MLS, what? so in the world of soccer, and a lot of us know, and I'm not a huge soccer aficionado, but I've, I've done a lot of my own research and I'm still learning, but um, when MLS started, I remember being in high school when MLS started. I was like, "Oh, MLS! They're gonna try and be like the best." But that's because I had a very limited worldview. Because those those powers that like Chelsea and these teams, they play in like the English Premier League, and they're talking about other leagues like La Liga, which is like the Spanish league, or the Serie A, which is like the Italian. So you have. Not just the NBA, but imagine Canadian Basketball Association, Mexican Basketball Association. You know what I mean? So imagine we had that. And like in basketball, it's a no doubter, right? The NBA is the best. We already know this. Like no no other federation can come close to the NBA. And I in, in my opinion, in any sport, NBA is so good, it's so hard to crack. Um But imagine if like the C- Canadian Basketball Association had like their two best teams. We're about as good as the top five teams. We're about as good as the top whatever in Mexico. And they they're also had a lot of money. So it goes back to the money thing. It's like the richest teams are saying, let's just make our own league. And then we can oh. just play each other and make a lot of money. So it's like the SEC. It's like the best teams in the SEC. Or, and that's the thing. It's not even the best. It's just the richest teams. Um, so the richest teams are going to just... And they're all American owners, apparently. Or most of them are American owners. And that's a very American thing too. It's like how can we how can we squeeze the most profits out of this? So like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's just like saying if the SEC was like, dang it, like we don't wanna play, you know, why is Alabama if they were like, Why are we playing Vanderbilt? And why are we playing like, you know, the junkier you know, SEC teams? Like, why don't we replace them with Florida State or something? And well, um, that have more money. Right? Yeah. Basic. So, yeah. and in soccer, they also have this thing called the Champions League, which is not really a league. It's more of a tournament that brings the best clubs from the other leagues and puts them in a tournament, which is a cool thing, right? Like, people always said, like, how is the baseball calling it the World Series when it's literally only American teams? But we're like, <laughs> the World Series. Like, yeah. it's only America. But, you know, not to say, I don't think any J- Japanese baseball team is going to say, like, they deserve to be in the World Series. Like, I don't think that would ever happen, but at the same time, um, in soccer, a lot of other leagues have powerful clubs, wherein they um, have the you know can actually argue to make something like this happen. The, the closest thing I think, and I don't see too many people making this similarity, but the closest I see is to, to colleges. It's like SEC having a lot of you know their best schools, and then are their most richest schools, and the ACC their richest schools, and the Big Ten like them getting together and then their fans saying no 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 like we want to keep it because that would also take them out of their natural rivalries um also in soccer in english premier league and all these other leagues they have something called relegation where if you don't fit if you're if your league has 20 teams in it and you don't finish in the top 10 you go down like i'm just saying top 10 could be top 16 i don't know but you literally get demoted and you have to play the next season against the junkier teams and you don't get to play for the championship or for that bigger championship. You play for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't actually. I don't even know if the relegated team ever gets a chance to go. So like, it's like being JV. It's like you know, an OIA always going from D one. Now now you're D two. Now yeah, you're D one. Yeah, yeah. Now you're D two. And like, 
Halani found, or like the smaller schools, how they're always jumping around because like, you know, so this goes simply by that relegation and um, the American owners who own these bigger, richer teams, they don't want to, they want to create a, a league that has no relegation. They want to create a league where they always have a great game every week that people tune into. And of course people are going to watch it. That's the thing. That's why as much as I complain about money in sports and there's too much money in sports, not going to the right people, at least college athletes, and we're paying a lot of money to watch sports. Um, you know, as long as people are being compensated, that's that's like um, the most important thing. But, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we, we feed into it ourselves and we feed into that monster ourselves. So these owners are just chasing that dollar. But um, it's very much more traditional in those countries in Europe. It's not like America. It's not like when we start a franchise, like, oh, the NFL awards Jacksonville with the franchise. It's not like that. It's like in Europe, it's like, where in 1757 did this first person kick the ball and start a team? It's like every club has a story where they're like, and then they were all iron workers, and then they would play football after the game, and then they would play footy, and on the pitch, and now they're in Berkshire, and now they're on the north of the English scout in Scotland. Like they're like very European. Like they're so tied to that that school. Like it's it's almost like a gang too. Like that's why the fans in soccer can be kind of extreme because and even in the mls you have that um because but that's the fan experience that's the difference of having a supporter group and people that chant the whole games and in those countries soccer they all have those things they all have supporter groups and they all have chant so um you know like a lot of people they go that's you know like us you're a seahawks fan you know i'm a chiefs fan and it's like you want to make that <clears throat> that mecca especially if you're not from there right you you know like when you talked about going to seattle um and for me i've been a chiefs fan since 1989 and i literally it was my first time in 2021 going to chiefs game at arrowhead i've always only gone to road games because like for me kansas city was never it's always like hard together and actually getting there it took a lot and going from hawaii to kansas city is so hard but you know i finally got there and the thing was it was like finally making that Mecca and you feel that even more connection to your teams. And people do that from America. They go to England and they go to like Manchester United or like Chelsea and Liverpool and they go to these stadiums and they make their Mecca to Europe or they go to Germany and they go to Bundesliga teams. Like you have all these leagues in Europe and all these amazing stadiums and they all have all these stories. And that's the cool thing too. Like America were like, Okay, find a billionaire. He buys team. He he hires coach. Coach gets like that's how we do it in America. It's like this is a business, and we buy into it. I mean, we love it ourselves. Um, but uh, <laughs> thank you, Gordo, for watching. Have fun at the golf range. So I got my boy from LAFC uh, watching from the golf range. But you know, like I think um, that tradition in america they can teach us a lot in american sports and and mls being that soccer is a very worldwide you non not just totally western but european influence but also you know south america influenced sport you have a lot of their traditions influence into mls but ultimately the mls is an american league with American franchises and I, I just watching this past week, David Beckham, he's the, he now is the owner of the Miami team. And what they said in the, uh, before the Miami versus LA galaxy, boo galaxy, cause LAFC, <laughs> they are rivals galaxy. Sorry. Sorry. Boo galaxy. But, um, it was apparently in his contract when he played for, he played for galaxy, David Beckham, right from, he came from Europe and then came to America and brought his Spice Girl with him. And they he played on the LA Galaxy, right? And they told him that he could have a franchise in the future if he wanted one. So that's why he exercised his right like 15 years later. He was like, yeah, I want one now. Actually, they came to Hawaii. Beckham came to Hawaii with Landon Donovan. They played in Hawaii in a soccer tournament. The LA Galaxy. Uh, Houston Dynamo was in there too, Brian Ching. Um, but you, they're not on that same level, MLS, as those major European leagues. They're like... Kind of even below the Mexican league a little bit. But, I mean, we're talking people that have been playing soccer. Like, that's their main sport. That's, like, their only sport. I think in the U.S., if we devoted more of our, like, 
secondary or third tier athletes. <clears throat> I mean, I'll put myself, I, I don't think I put myself in the first tier where like I'm an NBA player. I think I'm a pretty good athlete. Like I'll just put it out there, but like, it's amazing how crazy it is to play in the NBA, like or the NFL. Like you have to be ridiculous. You have to be on a different level. Right. Um, and you have to be also naturally kind of gifted and also on plate. But soccer, these guys are like all shapes and sizes. These guys are all athletic. And I hate to, you know, clown some of my own players on our own team, but some of those guys are like, bro, you are not an athlete. Like, I'm towering over you. I'm bigger than you. But these guys are amazingly skilled soccer players. And sometimes that's all it takes is being good at your sport, you know, being really skilled. And in America, we don't, we don't get enough people to acquire that skill you know we don't we don't we're just like our parents put us in like baseball football basketball like i think if we did start and that starts with also them opening the game soccer federation like how terrible america is might not qualify for another world cup like how terrible they didn't even qualify the olympics again u.s didn't even get into the olympics for soccer i mean like that's what I mean. Like we have a lot of athletes, but if more stayed home or more decided to be like, okay, I don't think I'm going to play division one football. Maybe I'll play D one soccer and maybe I'll work my way to Europe or I'll play club soccer. We'd have that. So in all in all, I'd say, I wish I played soccer, but then I would get hurt anyway. So then it wouldn't matter. So I always get hurt. So it wouldn't matter. That's the, that, I'm Mr. Glass. That's what my coach called me in college, Mr. Glass, because I was always. Right, so, so, the, uh, <laughs> so the, soccer, I would have got yeah, hurt too. So the U.S. soccer team, isn't it like the uh, U.S. basketball team where they take all the best players and put them on? No, it's not. Well, apparently for the Olympics, you have to be under 21, I guess. Oh, so so like- America didn't send its best under 21s, but they lo- they still oh. could have. They actually had them on the bench in a losing effort in another game, like with their A team, like the World Cup team, because the World Cup team is not the Olympic team. Right? It's like different teams. Yeah, They're yeah, gonna have yeah, some yeah. of the same players, but um, the World Cup America barely qualifies for that anymore. So I mean, that's the thing about MLS is like I think it. it they had hoped that it would promote the growth of soccer in America, and it has. But I think it it, it did it did really for, um, for us it, it did something more. It, it forced like fans to be introduced to the sport, and I think that's going to be the next level of Americanization of of MLS. Will be buying the best players. So on our team on LAFC, we have a guy named Carlos Vela who was. Um, he plays for the Mexican national team. He's one of their best players in Mexico. So he is. Uh, he was 28 when he came to us four years ago. So he was like kind of primish, or he might have been a little bit. So that was I. That was a. He was playing in Europe. So it was like a big get for MLS to get him to come here to America to play. Um, but right now, LA Galaxy they have Chicharito, who is like the other Mexican player. He's playing on their team on MLS. So. Slowly, the MLS doesn't want to just keep getting. They're either getting the new, the newbies who nobody knows about, and then you sell them. So that's another thing. You can invest in a South American player, and they do well, and then you sell them like like they are property, and you make money off of them to a European club. So you can do, and you, or you can loan them out. Soccer is really weird. Soccer is very strange. Like you can loan them out to another team during your own season, and you can also. The, the thing that I hate about soccer the most, I will say, is what happened to us last year is that there's this thing that, you know, there's World Cup qualifying and all kinds of international games. They happen the same time as your season. So if you're playing in your own regular season game, some people don't even play on our team. They go to their national team and they sit on the bench there. Like what happened with our two of our strikers went to play on the uh, Uruguayan team. Didn't even get on the bench, sat on the bench, didn't even get in the game, and then got COVID or was and caught COVID trades. So they couldn't even play in our playoff game. So That's we're weird. losing. We lost during the playoffs. They're over in wherever playing for their country. Like, no. Like, no, that would never happen in America. Like, nobody would leave, you know, the NFL, go to go play in the exhibition NFL or go play for Team yeah, yeah, yeah. America NFL, you know, football. But, um, 
Sorry. I know we're just talking our ears off all night uh, because we're going to have Shane back again. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. I know that uh, the stadium is going to be on everybody's mind. I know that, uh, you know, getting into the game will be on everybody's mind. I mean, are you, uh, you know, what are you, are you, and like you said, you're kind of scared about not getting in. That's the thing too. We don't know what's up in the air. Um, but what are your feelings, at least maybe outside the rest of the UH football? I know Coach Graham, Made a lot of changes. We didn't really get a chance to talk about that. Maybe we'll save that for next time. But um, he hired uh, a new offensive coordinator, uh, which happens to also be a son. Uh, yeah. So that is also something that uh, Hawaii is pretty good at, in nepotism. But um, at the same time, you know, like we'll give we'll give coach the benefit of the doubt because you know he it's his program and he can run it how he wants to. Um, is it strange to hire a son? Yes, it is strange to hire a son. To be <laughs> it definitely is, especially yeah. at the Division One level. Um, but you know, our program is not a normal program too. So, you know, we're it's going to be on coach to win. But what were your initial um, thoughts about that one? Uh, it's, it's with how how the twenty twenty went with the football program. Mm-hmm. How we still, I mean, we've got to see our football team now play eight games, but it's still so hard to predict yeah. what's going to happen now that we have, you know, Bo as our offensive coordinator. Like, oh, how do you think he's going to do it? Like, three. I don't, I can't even answer that question yeah. because I don't even know what, I mean, what was. So last we don't even know what we were. I agree with you. We don't even know what yeah. we ran last year. I wouldn't be able to yeah. name it. I wouldn't be able to name it. So it's like, it's so hard. And it's, I mean, because we still have, I mean, you know, like like Coach said, we're fortunate to be one of the only teams to not be affected by COVID last yeah. season. Fortunately, we had, what, a 10-week uh, strength and conditioning program that never got, you know, never got affected. And only recently we had that little outbreak. And fortunately, we're back on the field practicing again. But... Man, it's just it's just still so many unknowns that I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what to expect. I always as a fan and you and me, we always I always go into the season excited and I always say, Hey, we're gonna be undefeated but you know, deep down I know that's close to impossible. <laughs> no, I mean I'm you never excited. know. You never know. Yeah, I'm excited to just see you know, everybody's excited to see you know, the the return of Calvin Turner Junior. I just hope, you know, Cordero can, if Cordero can get those deep passes, his accuracy mm-hmm. on those deep passes, oh, that kid's going to be unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I have, you know, our defense is looking good with Louis Tao. And so, I mean, we, we all got high hopes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, just, just perform on that field, man. Just, just bring back that win against UCLA and we can <laughs> all just go from there. Yeah, let's start there with the UCLA. Hopefully, we get a win there. Go to hisportsfans.com right now. We got our tour up. We're going to do the UH game, but we're also going to do the Dodgers versus the Rockies. We're going to sit in the home run seats. That's the plan right now at Dodger Stadium. Historic Chavez Ravine. We're also going to do the Angels versus Yankees and hopefully do a sweep there. You know, the Angels are my team. And hopefully, we'll be in my seats or in our Hawaii sports fan seats at SoFi um, for a game, hopefully. But the NFL schedule is not going to be released on May 12th, so we won't know until yeah, then. Yeah. But for Lala Head, we're definitely going to have you back on the show again uh, very Thanks, soon because we got a lot to talk about. But mahalo for joining us and mahalo for listening or watching. Peace. Check us out. Go Bulls. Talk to you guys later. Aloha. Go Bulls.